Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Authentic Your Media, presenting you with worldwide radio, TV, webinars, and live events. And today, inspired wellness living with holistic nutritionist and health and wellness enthusiast, Tanya Fines. Tanya will discuss topics and issues that in her 23 years of experience seem to linger at the root of why so many of us struggle with weight and living lives that are healthy and more balanced and truly happy. If you are ready to get off that roller coaster of quick fixes and start the journey to a more inspired wellness living, stay tuned. Now, on with the show. Well, good morning or good afternoon, everybody, depending where you are. My name is Tanya Fines. I'm a holistic health and wellness expert specialist. <laughs> and uh, today I'm coming to you live from the beautiful South Island city of Dunedin, New Zealand. Uh, I've been down here on business for a few days. And before I start the show, I just have to say how absolutely stunning this place is and how wonderful the people are here. So um, I think I found my heart and we'll probably leave a little bit of it in Dunedin when I um, leave today to head up uh, north to Queenstown. Anyways, welcome to the show. If you haven't been to the show before, um, I talk here on the show about um, health and wellness issues and how that relates to you as, um, you know, in, in the bigger holistic picture, how you feel holistically about yourself and your life and the impact that how you're living in terms of how you're looking after yourself, how you're feeding yourself, um, fitness, nutrition, how all of that impacts um, those thoughts, those beliefs, and ultimately how you feel completely and wholly. Um, I'm a huge advocate for um, the belief in how food has such a tremendous impact on not just our weight, and our and our physical health, but also our mental health. And a lot of times by being very, very aware of what's going on with us in terms of how we're feeling physically and emotionally, um, we can sometimes make tremendous positive changes in the choices we make with the foods that we're eating and the things that we're doing with our bodies. So that's a very long-winded answer to some of the issues that I touch on on these, on these radio shows and what I do in my work. So this is uh, either show three or four. I'm losing track here. And I, I'm continuing on just sort of trying to stick to some sort of pattern that makes sense and building one show up on the last one. Now, today's show, I do want to talk about initiating the change. And that is the change within you, the changes that you want, the changes that you desire, and ultimately the changes that you deserve because these changes usually come from a place inside you that is seeking to be, feel, act, live a certain life. And it's my firm belief that we're not put on this earth to 
um, suffer and uh, deprive ourselves and do without. Um, I believe life is a tremendous journey, a beautiful journey, a positive journey, one of growth, one of learning, but one ultimately of incredible health and wellness. Um, And that's where your juice and your zest for life comes. That's my personal belief. You'll have to excuse me. I have a cold at the moment. Um, So initiating the change. Now, what what do I mean when I say that? Well, what I'd like you to do is if if you're listening in and you have a pen and paper, you might want to grab that and just maybe take some notes during the show because um, at the end of the show, you'll leave here with some homework to do that isn't homework that you have to turn in, isn't homework that is going to be graded, but it's homework in terms of the fact that it is um, a bit of work to help you create uh, greater awareness and clarity about what you want and how to get there. <clears throat> so in uh, in reflection, I suppose, with initiating the change, my first question would be, what is it that you want to change? Is it you think you're too overweight? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Do you seem to be plagued with illness and uh, you know less than great health? What are those things when you are sitting there and just going inside yourself and thinking only about yourself, leaving everything else behind, letting that all slip away? What is it that you want to change? And write down everything that comes up because initially a lot of things may come up like, you know, I want a bigger house, I want to move cities, I want a better job, I want a pay raise. Um, But keep working backwards, okay? Where are those those wants and desires coming from? And work backwards till you get to you, okay? Because if you continue to ask questions backwards, breaking down those bigger questions into the smaller, finite ones, you're going to come back to that place of you. And from here, there's things in here that, that ultimately you probably want to change that you're not happy with about yourself, but the outside world becomes a great playground for distraction. So when you're able to identify what are the things you want to change, you then have to ask yourself why. Okay, and, and uh, there's a lot of arguments about, you know, is why is the why important or is it the how? Well, I'm going to ask you to ask why because I, I think it just brings, um, it brings up other questions that you may be avoiding. It brings up other questions that could be very important and it brings up other questions and thoughts that could be very, very helpful in this journey and this process of going from where you are to where you want to be. So what what is it that you want to change? Why? Um, <clears throat> and when you answer why, are you answering why because it's something that is for you or is it something that's for somebody else? Losing weight to gain somebody else's attention, to gain somebody else's adoration, admiration, um, their accolades, their respect. Hi, folks. This is Jeff Miller. I'm the producer for Authentic E Radio. We seem to have lost our connection with Tanya. If you hang right on, I'm sure she'll be calling right back in. As soon as she does, we'll be right back on the air. So thank you very much for your patience.
Hi, folks. Thank you very much for your patience. Uh, Tanya's trying to get a signal to call back in. She's on the South Island calling in from New Zealand, and evidently you're having some cell coverage problems there. And uh, usually that works out quite well, but uh, we're still going to hang on here for a couple more minutes. We appreciate your patience. And I will let you know in just a minute or so where we're at. Thanks so much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for your patience. We are going to reschedule the show. We, our host, Tanya Fines, has not been able to regain her cell coverage to get back to us. So, oh, wait a minute. Maybe she's coming in. Hold on there. We'll just see what we got. I'll stay right here with you. And, okay. Tanya, are you with us? I am. I got that story about that, Jeffrey. I don't know. What um, a problem. We're still live. Yeah. I came in a couple of times and told folks, be due to the, where you are on the South Island, evidently you'd lost your cell coverage, so you're back and carry on. Oh, okay, thank you. Hey, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, thanks. Sorry, folks. Um, I um, I got I was lost in cyberspace there, but I'm back. Okay, so I believe I was talking about initiating the change asking yourself what it is you want to change and, and uh, start asking more and more questions. Make Keep asking questions till you come down to the simplest, most basic question. There's nothing left to ask. Um, and then the why. You know, why is it? And be very honest with yourself and look at the reasons why. Are these reasons for you because they're going to fulfill you, they're going to feed your soul, they're going to feed your health, they're going to... Um, uh, stimulate your mind and and really excite you about your life and get you feeling better at that core of who you are, your essence. Is doing this, making these changes, going to fill you with a sense of greatness and and joy and happiness and balance. And therefore, it's my belief that that um, those are the things that ultimately support um, overall tremendous health and wellness. Um, and, and making changes for somebody else doesn't you know usually doesn't pan out that well for you um, because it's not about them right um, losing weight for someone else to get their attention is a very short-lived thing if, if there's any benefit to gain from it at all okay if you're choosing or you believe that you need to lose weight or get get in better health for your own health to feel better to be better to do better and to do more things with your life that's fabulous but to lose weight because you're you're hoping that someone else is going to notice and then fill you with a sense of joy and, and purpose, that's a very, uh, a very, I think it's a recipe for ultimate unhappiness and disappointment, okay? So you have your list, and you've made a list of what are the things that you want to change. You've asked yourself why, and you should have maybe a very long list or a couple pages of the why, and now you're looking, you're, you're stepping back from that list and check off the ones that are definitely for you. You're doing these things for you, for nobody else, not your partner, a friend, a colleague, a neighbor, a co-worker, um, parents, children. This is for you, okay? Because when you are at your very best, all of those people get the best of you, 
And that's a great thing because um, those people that really value you and love you, they're going to appreciate having the very best helpful you that, that you can be. And they're going to thrive off of that anyway. So you don't have to do it for them. You just really need to be doing this for yourself. Okay. Now, <clears throat> when you've got your list and you've asked your questions why and you've clarified which of these things really are for you, the next question I have for you is changing this thing or these things going to, truly going to change how you feel? And here I am, I'm working at getting at that, what is that root cause, okay? So, again, I'm just going to use the um, the example of losing weight because it seems to be the one that pops up the most with people that contact me. Is losing weight going to change how you feel? Well, from a physical um perspective, it, it you know, it does. If you're carrying extra weight around, that's unhealthy. So when you lose it, yes, you do feel better. I mean, you physically feel lighter, but a lot of times mentally and emotionally, you feel lighter as well. So there is that automatic, I would call it an automatic benefit. It happens, okay? But if there's something else going on within you, um, if you've been using food to self-medicate or to hide or to numb, um, is losing weight going to change how you feel? Ultimately, because what I'm asking here is have have you addressed, again, those reasons why do you need to change this? Are you still, I'm going to keep hammering this at you because I really want to make sure that the list that you've made is a list that is specific and focusing only on you and not for other people. So if you're very clear and being very um, selfish in this moment, if making these changes is going to change how you feel, then I think you've gotten down to a very bare-bones framework of what is going on, what is it that you're unhappy about or not satisfied with, what do you see as uh, the things and the processes by which uh, the things you need to do to make those changes. And yes, ultimately, it is going to change how you feel because your perspective is going to change. When we reflect inside, inwards, and we take a very raw, vulnerable look at ourselves and get very honest and start writing down what are these, you know, what's going on and then start making a plan and start shifting our thinking in what are the steps forward. Um, it's a tremendous, tremendous uh, thing to do. Because it's very powerful. It's a very powerful thing um, to work on yourself. And like I said, the outward benefit, the people around you that um, love you and care about you, and are seeing this are going to notice all that positive that positive shift. They're getting the best of you, and um, they're going to support that. So, is changing it going to change how you feel, physically and emotionally? Is changing things that you believe you need to change going to change something that may have happened? Um, and what I'm getting at here is again the root cause, these belief systems, these patterns. Things that have happened where by which we turn to things like food, uh, alcohol, drugs, um, even a fitness addiction, okay? I mean, <laughs> um, something like that. We uh, get distracted and use another means to numb, dull, or avoid pain or conflict or something that's happened. So... Again, losing weight isn't going to change a traumatic event in your life that maybe was a starting point or a catalyst that had you turning to food for comfort. 
Um, so you need to be very uh, honest about that. Um, getting better, feeling better, looking after yourself doesn't change what has happened. It can absolutely have a tremendous impact on your perception and your perspective of that event. It can help you better cope mentally with that event because when you are really looking after yourself, um, taking care of your health, feeding yourself clean, whole foods, moving your body, um, you know, getting some exercise, your brain works better. Your thoughts are clearer. Your action, your logic becomes of a much higher standard. Uh, to a greater degree, you can logic things and not drive yourself insane normally. <laughs> um, and making these changes, making these changes is it going to allow for healthy, or for healing, um, for a healthy way of healing to happen. Only you can answer that really for yourself because you'll be going through your own process and if you're very in tune and aware of your body and your mind, you're going to notice things, okay? My belief is that absolutely it will. Um, and the reason I feel that way is um, personal experience myself, but also... I know that when you're putting food in your mouth, it's not just about it going into um, your cells in your body for how you look physically. You're also feeding your brain. And the things that we put in our mouth um, feed our brain in a way that um, keep us strong mentally or make us very weak mentally. And when you decide to make the shift and really honor your, yourself, your body, and take the very best care of it that you know how, your thoughts, again, um, I know I'm repeating myself a lot here, but I really want to drive the point home that your thoughts and your thinking do change. You, um, you, you can actually start to see things differently, or you can step back and look at the bigger picture and realize that maybe something wasn't really about you, um, that perhaps you took on someone else's stuff um, or you put yourself in a place that you know you didn't need you, you sort of um, brought on some unnecessary hurt or um, stress that you, you really didn't need to and I see this all the time with clients that um, come in and we get them going on you know an eating plan and a fitness plan and, and then we you know through the consultations and the counseling um, get talking about things that are going on and you know what's motivating them what's not motivating them and keeping them on track as they're as they start to see or as they start to eat better as they start really being again like I didn't say selfish and looking after themselves and focusing on doing the very best for them their thinking changes and when they look at themselves, if they're standing in front of the mirror looking at themselves, all of a sudden the way they have perceived themselves changes. And where, you know, a month or two months prior to coming in to see me, they may have looked in the mirror and had a whole lot of negative self-talk and seen somebody that was ugly and unimportant and overweight and a lot of, you know, very lot of harsh words they would have used. All of a sudden, while the changes have happened, but they haven't been drastic, you know, huge, 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 massive, they start to see somebody that's worthy, somebody that, you know, hey, I look pretty darn good, or, geez, you know, um, I'm, I'm not doing so bad. Things are good. 
when you're looking after yourself, how you think and how you see yourself changes, and that just it becomes a cycle. And I don't know, it can be what came first, the chicken or the egg, is it that the physical changes have happened, so you're noticing them, and now you're more motivated, you're, you're more positive, and that keeps you going. Or because you're doing things that are better and more healthful, just the thinking, the way your brain is working, the way your brain's perceiving, the way it's logicking and the way it's speaking, um, allows you a different perspective. So, I mean, either way, it doesn't matter because one isn't more right than the other, maybe. But the bottom line is that this is your, your body is one vessel and one impacts the other. And so it just makes sense to really look after yourself, make those choices. Okay, so we're initiating change. We've made a list. We've asked some questions. We've clarified what, you know, what things on this list are about me, what things on this list are about other people. We're taking the things about other people and we're, we're just putting them aside and we're focusing on the list that has to do with us. And we're getting, again, we're asking, we'll just keep breaking this down into smaller and smaller bits to make it really simple. These changes, is it going to change how you feel? Is it going to change anything that's happened? And is it going to allow for healing to occur? Okay. <clears throat> now, next, let's just do a checklist. So what I would ask you is where are you right now? And if I were to ask you to write down whether that's words, phrases, sentences, where are you right now um, with yourself? Are you overweight? Are you always sick? Are you just fed up with life? Are you depressed, um, you know, overstressed? Where are you right now? You have to be very present and allow yourself to sort of feel all the emotion and, and you know, all the good stuff and, and, and the not-so-good stuff and come up with a list of, um, you know, in, in, the term, in a kinesthetic term, who are you and where are you within yourself at this very moment? Because if you're sitting here listening to this show or if you've contacted me or you've been to my website and messaged me, there's a reason why you are looking. Okay, something isn't sitting right. There's something about, or there's something that's going on with you that doesn't feel right, and there's some inner voice, there's some inner whispering that's saying it's time to do something different. So make a checklist of, you know, where are you right now? And when you've done that, and when you think you've done, just keep writing because that there's there's always a lot there. Okay. And that's not a bad thing, because the more that there is there, there's more to work with, okay, which is great. So <clears throat> you know where you are. Now, where do you want to be? What do you see? What, you know, um, I always tell people, you have to have a goal. You need something to work towards, okay? If you're out in the ocean and you want to start swimming to shore, but you see no shore, it's really hard to know what direction to go in, and it's really hard to motivate yourself to keep swimming, Okay, so you've established where you are um, and you're, you're comfortable with that because you're ready to do something about it. That's a, that's a great thing. Don't look at that list and feel off. Look at that list and be excited because this is exciting stuff. This is great stuff, okay? Now, make a very clear uh, visual um, or write some things down, but where do you want to be? How do you want to feel? Where do you see yourself as you start this process? Where do you see yourself ending up? What, who is the person that you want to be at the end of this? Okay? And be as specific as possible. Okay? Be as specific as absolutely possible. 
and um, write those things down or, you know, gather up maybe there's pictures from your past or, or pictures from magazines, even just things that can help you identify when you look at them that your brain fires and goes, okay, this is the outcome. This is the desired outcome. Because when we do that, we're actually starting to make neural connections and it's going to see opportunities to allow for these things to happen, okay? So you've established where you are, and we've got a really great, awesome, awesome, clear picture of where you want to be. So you've got a gap, okay? You've got a beginning. Here's where you are. You've got an end. Here's where you want to be. Now, in the middle, how are we going to get you there? How are you going to get there? And I don't want you to feel anxious about that, I want you to feel excited, okay? I want you to focus on that outcome, that end result, that person you want to be, and I want you to become very self-inspired to get there, okay? Because you've already made a list and established there's changes I want to make, this is why I want to make them, this is for me, and here's some really great things that are going to come out of it, and I'm going to be this person at the end of it, and I'm going to sustain and maintain and continue to feed and celebrate and give to that person. So I want you to be really excited about the gap between where you are and where you're going to be because the work in there is phenomenal. It's tremendous. It's amazing. Um, yeah, there's down, we all have down days, but it's that end result. It's that outcome. It's the outcome that we're focusing on, okay? So um, everyone's very different, and it would be very unfair and unprofessional. It's wrong of me to sit here and go, okay, Here's A, there's Z, this is what you're going to do to get there. I can't do that for a mass group of people, but what I can do is I can give you a few pointers, a few, a few suggestions to help you um, get going. Um, from this list of suggestions and ideas, what you can do is take on board the ones that resonate with you, the ones that you go, yeah, you know what, that I think is really going to work for me, that is going to help me, I'm going to do that. And other ones you can go, yeah, you know what, I actually don't see that working. (laughs) That is that you have to be very honest with yourself as to the kind of person you are, Um, especially when we talk about creating a lifestyle of change and health and wellness and, and looking after yourself and living to your full potential. Um, you have to be very honest and be very aware of, you know, what kind of person are you? What motivates you? Are you intrinsically motivated? Do you need outward um, support? Like, what what is it that keeps you on track and keeps you going, okay? So it's okay to look at a list of uh, suggestions and ideas and go, yeah, you know what? These things, these two here, I would never do them. That's good. Don't waste your time on something that isn't going to help get you that result that you want. Spend your time and your energy focusing on the things that you know are going to support your growth, support your journey, and get you where you want to be. So, (coughs) pardon me. (coughs) Now, this is one suggestion that I make to everybody who sees me, to everybody who contacts me. It's simple, it's cheap, and hands down, it it probably has one of the greatest impacts, especially when you have decided enough is enough, I need to start today. And that is food diarizing. Now, when I say that, I can, when someone is in my office and I tell them that I need them for a week to keep a food diary or food journal, I can just see the little bubble clouds above their head coming up and thinking, oh my gosh, this woman is crazy because I don't have time. 
I don't want to. It sounds so boring. That surely can't help me. And I can almost, you're very good. Nobody ever rolls their eyes, but I'm sure they would love to when I suggest it. But here's what I'm going to tell you about keeping a food diary. A food diary or journal is absolutely, hands down, one of the best ways for you to hold yourself accountable. Okay? Nobody's going to see this unless you want them to. You're not going to get a mark out of 10 or a percentage or a letter grade on it. There's going to be no evaluation made on you or about you or the kind of person that you are based on your food diary. This is simply a tool so that at the end of the day and at the end of the week, you can actually look at it and go, my goodness, I really didn't realize I was doing this, eating this much, eating this little, eating this poorly. Um, Because even if you say to yourself, well, I'm just going to keep track or I know, it's, it's amazing what you don't know, what you forget, what we actually don't realize what we're doing um, and putting into our, into our bodies during the day. And I was as guilty of this as anybody else. And it wasn't until I started keeping track myself because of a health issue many years ago that I, um, you know, I did this. And I, I can remember the first day looking back and going, whoa, I really did lose track during the day. I just really lost track. So the most important things or the key things to remember with the food diary is this. You don't have to go out and buy yourself a great big extensive book, okay? Um, You need paper and you need a pen or pencil. And you need to make a commitment that you're going to do this. You're going to see this thing through. And don't think of it like, okay, I commit to it for a week. You're going to commit to it today and then tomorrow you're going to commit to it again. What's important to keep in mind is that you need to, from the time you wake up, you need to write down everything that passes your lips in the, in the, tw- in the, you know, the 12 hours that you're awake. You need to write down every single thing that you eat and drink in the day. Hands down, that has to be in there. Now, if you really, really want to make this food uh, diary um, an even greater, more impactful tool, You also want to include what time you wake up, what time you're eating these foods and beverages, how much of them you're consuming. And and use your best guess when you're looking at it. Did you have a whole cup of oats in the morning or did you have a half a cup of oats and a small handful of berries, okay? But ideally, ideally, the very best way to do it is you wake up, wake up at 7 a.m. So 7 a.m., coffee, black. Write down whatever you eat and drink, how much, okay? Then the next time you stop and eat or you find yourself putting something in your mouth, take note of the time, what is it that you're putting in your mouth, and how much of it are you putting in your mouth, okay? Now, commit to it for a whole week, seven days, and include a weekend. And don't, please, do not write down in your food diary what you want to see in it. You have to be putting down in it what you're doing. Otherwise, this is not going to work, okay? You can't initiate change if you're not willing or able to take a very honest, real look at what you're doing right now, okay? Because you can't change what you won't acknowledge. So, like I said, no one's going to see this unless you want them to. This is your diary. This is your keeping track of what you're doing. And the great thing about it at the end of the week is when you look at it, you go, huh, well, right away, some obvious changes are going to pop right out at you without you having to think or, you know, pull your hair out trying to trying to go, well, what's, what do I need to do here? Some things are going to become very, very clear the following Monday morning 
when you open up your food diary and look at the last week, okay? So everything you eat or drink, what times you're eating and drinking, and how much. And be very, very honest. If you're waking up at 7 o'clock and having a, a can of pop and a donut, you need to write that in your food diary, okay? And do not put down what you wish or hope was in it, okay? That will come. That will come. <clears throat> and commit to it for a whole week. Seven days is a really, really good... It's, it's a really good indication without it saying, okay, do it for two weeks, okay? We just want to get you started here. So one week, food diary, okay? Now, the second thing, um, another really good thing to include in your food diary is uh, a separate section or a separate piece of paper where you're sort of keeping track of um, what I'll call its symptoms. So you do need to, for this week, you really need to be very aware of what's going on. Um, if you find yourself feeling nauseous during the day, bloated, headachy, restless, um, fidgety, hungry, like always hungry, or you feel like you can go all day without eating, you're very cranky or you're irritable, foggy-headed, fuzzy thinking, these are things you need to write down. And rather than write them down at the end of the day, like I had a really bad day, I was really cranky, I was very restless, I didn't sleep well, it would be good, it would be better if when these symptoms, I'll call them symptoms, show up, you write them down when they show up. So if you have, let's just say, for example, you got up at um, 6 o'clock in the morning, you had coffee at 7 and a piece of toast, okay? So at 7 o'clock, one piece of toast with jam and a cup of coffee black. And then at 9 o'clock, you think, oh, I've got a headache, I'm just kind of cranky, you know, write it down. And then you eat, let's say 10 o'clock, you had um, a muffin. And then at 10.30, you, you feel bloated. Okay, you just feel bloated and your stomach is distended and you just, ugh, okay, write it down. Um, because what what you may be able to notice or what may pop out at you at the end of the seven days is that there's something of a pattern. If you go too long without food, you feel like this. If you eat certain foods, you feel like this. So it's really, uh, I can't stress to you the importance of keeping track of these symptoms and including them in your food diary at the time that you notice them. So you really do have to be on a little bit this week. You do have to be very much aware of what's happening. And, and I know that, that for a lot of you, it may sound like you're being, it's, it's a lot to ask because you have jobs and you have kids and you've got a very full life and it's busy, busy, busy. And yet here's this other little project. But remember, this is for you. This is all about you. This is for you. This is about initiating massive positive change. And um, it's only for seven days. Okay, you can do anything for seven days, especially when you're looking at an end result that's as fabulous as the one you have ambition for yourself, okay? But, um, a few other things. Um, so there's the food diary and what, what is really, you know, there's, you can do a really, really awesome food diary and put a lot in there, which means you're just going to have a lot more to work with at the end of the week. Or you can sort of float through it and um, there will still be information that you can work with but it may be a little bit more difficult. So it's one of those projects where you're only going to get out of it what you put into it and how honest you're willing to be with yourself, okay? So nothing about the food diary. Um, another thing is um, 
to in terms of initiating change and, and, and suggestions is starting to make yourself aware and asking the questions when you're eating, are you actually hungry or are you not hungry? And we all know, I mean, we all know the difference um, between hungry and just kind of like, I want something. And there's a very real difference. If you're hungry, you're hungry, okay? And if you're really hungry, it actually doesn't matter what's available. You just you need to eat because you're so hungry, okay? Being that hungry is not, you know, allowing yourself to get that hungry is not a good thing to do anyways because you tend to consume many, many more calories than you need to. And oftentimes we consume very low density or low volume calories. But first and foremost, I think it's really important to establish is it an emotional hunger or is it actually physical hunger? And if you're not, if you're just standing in front of the fridge with the door open or you're standing in front of the pantry with the pantry doors open going, hmm, I just want something but I don't know what it is, I'm going to ask you to close the fridge and I'm going to ask you to close the pantry. I'm going to ask you to grab a piece of paper to pen again or go for a walk and ask yourself, what is it? What's going on? In that moment, what is going on? Why are you reaching out for food? Because if you're not hungry, it's something else. There's something there, and you, you're, you're, gonna, you're trying to numb it, or um, numb it's the best word I can come up with right now. But you're, you're, yeah, you're going to numb it, bury it, or just distract yourself from it with food. So what's going on? Because it's, re- it's a really good idea that this is where we start getting down to finding out what are some of those things, some of those tips that um, we've established or that um, you know, we've we brought on board because of things that have happened that have us in, in certain moments turning to food or turning to other things, okay? So... If you're really not hungry, but you're standing there looking for something just because I feel like something, oh, I kind of need something, is that what you need or do you need to figure out what's going on? Okay, so another suggestion right there in initiating change. That's a big one. That's a big one. If you can get that, if you can stop yourself in those moments, that's huge. That is a huge uh, place to, to work from. And there's always something there. You can find it. I'm not, and I'm not suggesting it's something big, bad, and scary, but it's something, okay? It's something. Um, another thing, if you're interested in initiating this great change, and here's another tool that I have found really, really helpful, not just for myself, but I've used it with, you know, my kids for different things, um, and I use it a lot with clients, and that is um, <clears throat> take out a blank, like a, a calendar page. You can use an actual paper calendar or a lot of people, a lot of us nowadays with computers have different, you know, micro, with um, pages or Microsoft Word, you can print off a blank, like one, um, one month blank calendar page, okay? Um, print one off and for each week, write down a goal for the week, something that you're going to achieve and do. Now, starting out, be very realistic and be very kind to yourself. Don't put on something that is going to set you up for failure, which is then going to have you feeling disappointed, which is then going to become your excuse to have you saying, I can't do this, it's too hard, I am who I am, I can't initiate any change, I'm never going to get from here to there. Okay, we're just, just stop that right now, okay? I'm not going to allow you to make excuses and I'm not going to allow you to shortchange yourself. I'm not going to allow you to sell yourself short or give up on yourself or quit on yourself, Okay. So right here today, print off that calendar sheet. 
and put a goal down for each week. There's four weeks in a month. That's four goals, four goals that you can do. And be fair. Be kind to yourself. If you're starting something new, start it with things that are going that you know you can do, that you can achieve. You haven't done them, but you know that if you actually, if it's on your fridge and it's written down, you're going to do it because you're going to have that daily reminder. Okay? These are the things that are going to support success because your brain's going to go, hey, I did it. I did it. And then there's a whole lot of chemical processes going on in the brain that then go down into your body. You just it's, it's, again, it's a holistic package, okay, the holistic picture. And doing, writing down goals that you know you can do, that you will do, support the success, and they become your motivation to do more, okay? So make, um, make it real. Make it real for yourself and make it doable, okay? Because this becomes a sustainable part of, of a long-term plan. If you're unsure... You know, what do I mean by realistic goals? Well, again, that depends on the individual, okay, because you're all going to be starting at different points. But here is, here's some really simple ones that I just, this morning I came up with real quick. And I thought, okay, if I was starting, what are some things that I would consider to be very easy, very doable, very realistic, little mini goals, mini, mini goals for health for, for a month. So um, one week you may, your goal may be to drink more water. Okay, sounds simple. And a lot of people will say, yeah, okay, I'm going to drink more water. So they maybe have an extra glass. <laughs> no, I'm going, you know, I'm going to drink more water. Well, how much? Are you going to make sure you have two liters of water this week because you're maybe only drinking two or four glasses? I, I don't know. Um, so hold yourself accountable. So you have the, the goal for the week is you're going to drink more water. Okay, so each day how much are you going to drink? And mark it off. Make yourself accountable. Make it like a homework project for yourself. And again, no one's going to mark you on it, but you're the only one, you're the one that gets to feel good about it at the end of the week. And I think right there, that's worth doing it. So drinking more water. Uh, a few other things that came up with were um, another weekly goal could be no eating in, eating in the car, okay, which we've all done. And sometimes you can't get around it. If it's a long road trip, if you, you know, you're, you're working and you're driving and you get seven, a lot of times when I live back in Canada, um, <clears throat> traveling for work often meant a seven to eight hour drive. So, you know, you want to get there in the seven to eight hours, especially if the weather is bad. Um, eating in the car can become quite detrimental because it's easy to sit there with the radio going and enjoying the view and enjoying the drive and just sort of constantly putting food in without really being aware of how much is going in. So I'm talking about just driving around. It's after work, you're Taking, you're picking kids up and you're dropping them off and you've got about two, three hours of running around. So in that time frame, you're rushing and you're sitting in the car and you're just munching and munching and munching. How about cutting that out? For one week, you're, just, you're not going to eat in the car because that's one way to cut out a whole whack of calories that you might, again, may not be aware at all that you're consuming. Um, as is eating in front of the TV. So another weekly goal could be I'm not going to eat in front of the TV. And that's a really big one that I'm sure all of us have done, me included. You open the bag of chips or you make a big bowl of popcorn or you bring in pizza and you, you know, go to a movie or a show and you just sit there and eat because it's mindless. You know, you're not mindful in the moment. You're so focused on the entertainment that you lose track and consciousness of what all you're putting in your mouth. And if... Um, that, you know, at, at the end of it, though, if you were to stop and go, okay, well, I, had, I ate this and I drank this, 
it would be a staggering number of calories that went in, typically at the end of the night, right before going to bed. So right there, big, big X, big black mark. <laughs> so um, that could be another great goal, not to eat in front of the TV. Replace your midnight munchies or your nighttime munchies with just, you know, um, a really nice tea, okay? Um, another goal could be to include a, a high volume or a very helpful midday snack. Um, our body temperature drops by about a half a degree, and in some people to a whole degree, usually between the 2 and 4 o'clock. Again, it depends on when you're getting up and what your day involves and how much activity and, and how you're eating. But generally, baseline, your, uh, our body temperature drops between the 2 and 3, 2 and 4 o'clock by half a degree or so. Now, what happens is when our body temperature drops and metabolism slows down, this is when a lot of people say they just feel, you know, they kind of feel tired and they're <coughs> sluggish and they feel lagging. Okay, you need food. And actually, you needed the food before all of that happened. So um, sometime around 2, 2.30 is a really good time, if, okay, if you're eating regularly again. But um, 2 o'clock, 2.30, 3 o'clock is a really good time to have a really high-volume um, high density or high high calorie density, which is good good calories um, snack. So it could be um, maybe some chicken, a uh, bit of chicken breast um, in a wrap with some veggies or some chopped fresh fresh veggies and some hummus. But something that's you know not talking about a cup of coffee and a muffin that's high sugar, high carbs that is going to cause a sugar spike and have you feeling even more tired and more sluggish and more lagging in 20 minutes. I'm talking about real whole foods veggies, um, protein, things that are going to feed your cells, feed your brain, get your blood sugar stable, bring that body temperature back up, get your metabolism going again, get you burning calories, okay? Have you feeling better, okay? So including a high-volume snack, another goal. Um, one could be, another weekly goal could be um, for a whole week. If you're not a big vegetable person or salad eater, you could make your weekly goal that you want to include salad with every um, supper, okay? It's a great way to get in extra veggies. It's a great way, it's just a great way to get in some really good clean food. And it's easy enough to do. I mean, if you're making supper anyways, and you're going to sit down and eat supper, have a salad, okay? So if you're not a salad person, that could be one of your goals. Another easy weekly goal that uh, you could put down for yourself is that you're going to just stay away from fried foods. If you're somebody that really likes fried foods, you're going to avoid fried and instead do steamed, broiled, or grilled, okay? That's an easy for, for seven days. I know you can do that. I know you can do that, okay? And you're gonna, your body's going to thank you for that. Trust me. Um, substituting, out, instead of um, buying dressings, make your own. Balsamic vinegar, garlic. You know, go, go to the herb and spice cupboard. Start playing around and have fun with that, okay? Another goal. Um, one other one I'll mention here is... <clears throat> instead of um, after supper and after you've cleaned up, you know, food's kind of settled, instead of sitting yourself down in front of the TV or sitting yourself down in front of the computer, go and go for a walk, okay? Do some, you know, I'm not saying it has to be a power walk, you don't have to go for a run, but go for, you know, 20 to 30 minute walk. So there's another goal, okay? So those are just a few ideas, some things that you can write down on that calendar list and do it for a month, okay? Now, moving on from that, okay, because I'm sure you 
hopefully I've got you thinking and, and you're looking at your life and going, okay, here's some here's some weekly goals. So I hope you're getting excited about that. Now, um, another thing I want to mention is when you've got that calendar, that blank calendar, and you've and you've written your goals in, at the end of the week when you have successfully achieved that goal, okay, let's say you've been walking every day after supper, congratulate yourself. We tend to not do that. We tend to just go, okay, I've done that, on to the next thing. Stop and take a minute and go, hey, yay me, okay? That's part of the motivation. That's part of inspiring yourself, okay, on this on this process and to keep you sticking with it. If you never stop and allow yourself a moment of celebration, you know, you can become a little bit just disappointed in it maybe. By, like, you know, you don't, and again, it's that if you're doing it for yourself and you're not looking for, the recognition from other people. The most important recognition you're ever going to get is the recognition from yourself. So stop and celebrate yourself and don't expect others to notice. Just give yourself a pat on the back, give yourself a high five, and look, look forward to the next week, okay? <clears throat> um, I've only got, we're coming to the end of the show here, so I do want to address a few questions that I was sent. And... Um, I don't know that I'll get through all of them, but I will definitely get to the ones I don't get to today. I'll get to on the next show. Um, the first question I have is from James here in New Zealand, and he wrote he he messaged me saying that um, he's made a, a lifestyle change and he's eating only fat-free and low-carb foods, um, you know, using highly recommended bars and meal replacements. But he's not seeing the changes he wants to. What can I suggest? Um, I'm, I'm going to focus on the whole fat-free thing because fat-free, I'm sorry, it doesn't really work, okay? Your body needs fat. It needs fat actually to lose fat, but it needs the right kind of fat. Um, your brain needs fat. Your entire body needs fat, okay? So my first suggestion to you, James, would be to um, abandon the fat-free theory and choose good fats to include in your diet, okay? Um, and these would be uh, things like avocados, nuts and seeds, um, using things like um, an extra virgin olive oil for your cooking. Um, if you want to start bringing that stuff in, yogurts and Greek yogurts, uh, like definitely I'm not suggesting going out and eating high amounts of fat with every meal, but you do need to include proper Portions and amounts of fat in your day. You need it to function. You need it for your body to heal. You need it to think. You just need it to be healthy. Um, so you do want to watch your portions. I don't have any other information about James in terms of his height and his weight and what else he's doing. But what really stuck out for me was the fat-free. And I really did want to address that because there is still largely the theory that if it has no fat in it, then it's better for me. That's not necessarily true. You do need fat to people. So please don't be scared to eat fat. Just avoid you're saturated and, um, you know, the bad fats. And we know what the bad fats and the trans fats, avoid those and include the good ones in your diet. You're going to feel a lot better if you do, okay? Um, I have another another question here from uh, Karen. And Karen is in Canada. And she asked me, um, or she had said, I hear lots about... Eating the benefit of eating several small meals and keeping to an eating schedule. How important is this? Well, Karen, it's actually very important. Um, you think of your your body's metabolism as like a machine, 
okay? And if you're only giving it fuel once in a while, it's going to rev up and run, and then it's going to stop and slow down. So it kind of becomes this sort of like this peaking thing. It peaks and then it dips, and it peaks and it dips. And it can wreak havoc on it can wreak havoc on your health, and it can definitely, definitely, definitely have a negative impact if you're trying to lose weight, okay? Because your body is incredibly smart. It knows what it needs to survive, and so it will hold and store calories if it believes that if your body picks up on the pattern that you're not feeding it that much, or you're giving it lots and then going long, long, um, uh, long periods of time without feeding it and then giving it lots again. So by eating. Um, by eating throughout the day, sticking to um, a schedule, whether it's uh, you're eating every three hours, you're eating every two and a half, you actually keep your metabolism running at a consistent, relatively high speed because your body becomes very much trusting of you, knowing that it's going to get fed, it has to burn these calories, so it has to keep, has to keep going. So skipping meals is not a great idea. Eating lots two or three times a day doesn't usually work the best. But eating, um, eating throughout the day on a schedule and sticking to it, and again, as long as you're consuming really high-volume foods um, and good calories, uh, your, your body will work really, really well on that, okay? Um, <clears throat> and now I think it's time for another question here. Um, it is from Suzanne. <coughs> and Suzanne is in the U.S. And she has said, I eat very little, but I don't seem to lose weight. I'm also doing one to two hours of cardio every day. Okay. Now, on paper and in theory, it may sound like Suzanne's doing all the right things. You know, not eating very much and doing a lot of cardio. And, you know, Suzanne, your intentions are are really good. But what is likely happening is that you're not giving your body enough food because of how much cardio you're doing. So you're asking a lot of your body. You're really asking it to put a lot out and you're not giving a lot back in. So what happens is what what you are giving your body, it's just holding on and storing those calories. Um, it's a survival thing. Your body's going to do everything it has to to keep you alive. So if it's not getting enough calories to burn off, it's going to store and hold so it can do all the things that you're demanding of it. And that's that's a side, like the cardio is one thing you're, you're demanding of your body, but, and I don't know anything about Suzanne's life, but let's say, you know, if you have a family, Suzanne, or a job, or, you're, you know, you do a lot of volunteer work, you likely have a busy day. Um, so those are other demands that you're putting on your body. Your body needs fuel to function, and the only way it gets fuel is by feeding it. And if you're not giving it enough, but pushing, 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 it's going to hold on to the calories. And that's why if it is weight loss you're desiring, this could be why you're not seeing it. So you might want to go in your area and find a nutritionist um, and talk to somebody about an eating plan that actually supports everything that you're doing and does support weight loss as well, okay? All right, um, I guess I should think about wrapping up here. So what I want to do is, again, give you my contact info. Um, you can reach me on, or find me. You can find me anywhere. I'm really easy to find. <laughs> you can find me at www.tonyafines.co.mz. There's a contact sheet there. You can also sign up for the newsletter. If you are listening in today and you go onto my Facebook page, Health for Life, 
and that's health with the number four and then life. And you private message me with the promo code Health for Life Smoothie. I will send you um, my anti-aging smoothie recipe. It's really awesome. And if you're really excited about this new change and making shifts in your lifestyle and um, and starting this journey in a more healthful way of living, um, this smoothie might be one of the new things you include in, in your um, eating plan. So if you're listening in, just, um, again, go to the Facebook page. Go to the Facebook page and um, private me- uh, message me on, on the Health for Life page with Health for Life Smoothie and your email. Please put your email in there and I will send you that recipe. Um, you can also, I'm on Twitter, uh, at, fi- at Finds Health. And I think, yeah, between the website and Facebook and Twitter, I'm everywhere, so it's not too hard to get a hold of me. Please keep the questions coming. I love hearing from you. And, (coughs) pardon me, Um, I'm going to go out and enjoy the beautiful, beautiful uh, Dunedin City and its lovely people. Thank you for joining me today. I wish you all the very best in health and in life. And I am really excited to hear from you in terms of how... uh, how your journey is going, how your process is going. Please holler and get back to me. Keep in touch with me. Let me know how you're doing. Ask questions and um, don't quit on yourself. Keep it up. Do this for you and um, know that that outcome is very much achievable and sustainable and it's yours to own. Okay? So to all of you, in the very, very best of health, I wish you a very wonderful week and we will talk again in a fortnight. Cheers, everybody. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.